You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 146, with Tommy Breedlove. Today, Tommy and I are talking about how and why you too can choose goodness. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. Today, I'm going to get right into this conversation because I cannot wait to share this conversation with you guys. And I'm telling you right now, this episode could not have come at a better time. I have a perfect life story that just happened just last night of choosing goodness. So there I was, no kidding, true story, laying in bed, and I heard a loud noise outside. Normally, I would think it was maybe one of those utility trucks driving down the street, as they often do, clinking and clattering, making a lot of noise. So I didn't think a whole lot of it. So next thing I know, I see the light come on underneath the door. So I know somebody got up to check what it was. And all of a sudden, I hear a knock on my door. And one of the guests that are staying here at the house, uh, I open up the door. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, their car got hit because their car is down on the road. Well, what actually actually happened was they said, somebody hit your truck. And I'm like, how in the hell did somebody hit my truck? It's parked up in the driveway. And you got to see this driveway. I'll post some pictures in the show notes. But my driveway, you got to drive up into the driveway. And my Toyota Tacoma sometimes, you know, you got to really get going to get up in there. And so I go out there and I see a car down at the bottom of the driveway just completely smashed up. It was like an 85 Volvo. And my neighbor is standing out there next to the couple, and it's an older couple. They're all standing down there. And as I start down the stairs, I realize I can't get through the stairs because the the handrail was hit and knocked over into the stairs. So I had to climb over the handrail, and I go down, and my first instinct is to see if everybody's okay. And I got to tell you, it looked really bad. I mean, that car was completely destroyed. You'll see the picture in the show notes. You got to go check it out. But... And then I glanced back at my truck and my truck was moved over. The back of the truck was moved over about three feet. And it's a Tacoma. It's got a tow hitch. It's got a a tow package on it. So not a whole lot of damage to my truck. Both taillights are broken. Um, One's cracked. One's loose. The bumper is, you know, beat up a little bit. But, you know, there was a time in my life where I would have freaked the hell out and been like, what the hell was your problem? How did you do this? Just went off completely, completely gone off on the wrong side. And seriously, the very first thing I thought was I see this man and he's standing there. He's just shaking. I find out later he's in his 80s because as we're standing there and as we're talking to insurance and stuff and we're getting everything sorted out, the insurance company said the tow truck will be there in about 45 minutes. Well, it's cold out there. Yes, we're in Hawaii, but it is a little bit chilly, especially for an older couple in their 80s. They got cold. It was I was a little bit chilly. So I invite them in, and we, they bring them into the house. We sit down. I give them some, offer some tea and coffee, and we have a conversation. What a pleasant couple, just an amazing couple. And I won't get too personal on that. That's That's our conversation. But just know that, you know, when it all comes down to it, 
you know, I, I honestly felt worse about his 85 um, uh, Volvo because he bought it brand spanking new when he, he used to work. He was a professor, and then he used to work in India for 15 years. When he got back from India, he purchased this car, and it, he purchased it brand new. He's had it the entire time. He's lived in this community since 1963. Uh, just an amazing couple, and I really felt worse for their car uh, that's irreplaceable at this point. It was completely totaled. But ultimately, this feeds right into our conversation today with Tommy about choosing goodness because it was a choice and it was an easy choice for me because as you'll hear in our conversation that once you start doing this long enough and you really choose a life of abundance and you choose goodness and you make a practice of it, just like Tommy said, I'm still a work in progress. He's still a work in progress. But the bottom line is choosing goodness has come so much easier for me because I do it on a daily basis or I make an attempt to do it or I'm conscious about my thoughts and my actions before I move forward. And by doing that, it becomes a habit. And then once it, once you go beyond habit, then it's just who you are. Okay, once you do habit, 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 and you have the uh, discipline to make it a habit, once you do habit long enough, it becomes who you are. And that's at this point, happily, I am happy to see it in action. This is who I am. And the truck, it's going to get fixed. You know, the insurance will take care of that. And even if it didn't, ultimately, I got the opportunity to meet an amazing couple. And I hope to see them again. They live down the street from me. I truly hope to see them again and have a, a continue our conversation under different circumstances, of course. Um, I, I'm not very happy about the circumstances that we met. But you know what? Sometimes we don't make the choices on how we get to meet amazing people in our lives. Hell, I met some amazing people even when I was in Iraq. Some people who I would have otherwise probably not had a conversation with. Now, you know, I have to say this before we get started, before I bring out Tommy, please make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast player and leave a rating and review because I want I want to hear the feedback. You can either leave a rating and review or you can leave some feedback in the show notes at menofabundance.com forward slash 146. Share Men of Abundance with everybody that you come in contact with. Do not leave out the ladies. About 30 to 40% of the listeners of Men of Abundance are women. And men, get into our Men of Abundance community on Facebook. You can do that at menofabundance.com forward slash members. Or just click on the members only tab at the top of any one of the pages at menofabundance.com. And why do I suggest you get into that community? Because like I just said, and just like you hear Tommy say in this conversation, Living a life of abundance and choosing goodness is a journey. It's not a destination. And the more you're around men who are living a life of abundance or at least moving in that direction and doing the best that we can to choose goodness, the more it's going to rub off on you and you are, in fact, the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So come spend time with us. Learn to live a life of abundance. Get this mindset deep into your soul and become the man of abundance that you know you deserve to be. All right, let me introduce you to Tommy real quick. Tommy Breedlove is the founder of Choose Goodness, a company dedicated to helping executives and entrepreneurs focus beyond the financial bottom line. By empowering leaders, Tommy bridges the gap between humanity and profitability. He transforms organizations to attract and retain the best and brightest people, create a loyal customer base, and promote goodwill within their communities. Choose Goodness provides both the rational and emotional perspectives to the strategic and financial decision-making process. 
Since beginning his career at Deloitte, Tommy has spent 20 years serving companies as a CPA and financial consultant. He still serves as a board of advisor, chair, and or director for multiple for-profit and civic entities. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Tommy Breedlove. Tommy, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Doing great, Wally. Thanks for having me. I'm doing it's it's amazing. Very, very hot October day here in Atlanta. I always ask where you're at in the world and it's Atlanta. My bro- my son actually is at Fort Stewart, Georgia. So oh, yeah. um, I like Atlanta. I've been to Atlanta a couple of times, but I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I know it gets super, super hot, hot over there with the humidity and everything. It's extremely unusually hot right now. It's wow. uh, getting close to nine degrees with with very high humidity today, which is very odd for an October. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it could be worse, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My goodness. So before we get too much into the show here, I like to start out with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? I had a just just for my heart beating and my my air being my lungs being filled with air to start with and. I had an amazing lunch with a very like-minded individual today. It, you never know what's going to hit you in life. And this gentleman and I seem like kindred spirits. He's about 15 years older than me, but I just had an amazing lunch with a like-minded guy. And we're, we're just out there trying to serve and be better than we were yesterday and help men and entrepreneurs and executives along their path. So it was just a beautiful lunch. So I'm thankful for that, but just thankful to be alive today. Yeah, that's amazing. I recently i just literally just got off of a call with another guy who is same thing just him and i think so much alike and i have a feeling that this conversation is going to go pretty much just like that one uh, based (laughs) on what i've read about you so far and what interview valet got to give interview valet some love man um tom schwab and karen schwab and aaron walker is even in on the deal over there and everybody over there at the team of interview valet they connect me with the most amazing people to have these conversations and share them with you, men of abundance, it's just amazing. And if you are just happen to be an influencer, have a book or anything you want podcasting, getting on a podcast is a great way to get your message heard. And if you want to, if you're looking for somebody to introduce you to other podcasts that you just don't know about yet, uh, Interview Valet is the team to do that. And you can find their link in the show notes at menofabundance.com, uh, right in the show notes of this show. And I'd just reach out to them, man. They're great people. I totally agree. And to take it a step further, Wally, I, I can vouch 100% for them. I am actually in a formal mastermind group with both of the principals, Wally and Aaron Walker. And they not you only Tom, talk not, the talk. <laughs> you, said, you said Wally is Tom. I mean, I'm not yeah, in I'm there, sorry, man. Tom, I wish I was. I'm sorry, Wally. <laughs> I meant Tom Schwab and Aaron Walker, but yeah. they not only talk the talk, but they walk the walk. They're, uh, they're fantastic men, fantastic human beings, and I highly recommend what they do. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So before we got started here, Tommy, I talked a little bit about you more about what you're doing, not about really who you are. And here at Men of Abundance, we like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you would share something with us, share some more personal information about who you are as a man and kind of work up to what you're doing now. Let's get a little bit personal. Yeah, absolutely. So who who I am as a man and um, to be very honest, I still try to figure that out every day of my life, and it's been an amazing journey, especially over this past six years. So I'll get real personal with you. I feel like I'm on evolution number three in my life. Um, I'll start with evolution one. I was 18 years old, um, came from humble beginnings, uh, blue-collar family in Southside Atlanta, 
end up running in the wrong crowd, not not working, you know, not not being the young man that I wanted to be and got in a significant amount of trouble and, and hurt somebody I really cared about very badly when I was 18 years old. And so here I am at 18 looking at charged with two felonies, looking at significant prison time thinking, oh my God, where is my life going to go? Um, through through great circumstances, um, I ended up not getting charged with those two felonies, but being able to do two misdemeanors. I did serve time. Um, I was sentenced to one year, ended up serving about half of that. Um, but through that process, was scared straight. Um, I was actually taken under the wing. I was 18 years old, skinny white kid in South Atlanta, uh, the youngest guy getting sent to this facility. And luckily, a sheriff, uh, a sheriff's deputy, and a former uh, gang member actually took me under their wing, and they were honestly hell bent, determined not to let me become a, a a revolving door into this system. So through their guidance, me being scared straight, I went from jail to a very large financial consulting firm called Deloitte in three years. Ended up being the first person to graduate from college in my family, and and we're all super excited about that. Because of all that, I was a very ambitious young man, a scared straight young man. I did very well in school, did very well in the large accounting firms, you know, M&A firms. Um, and I just shot through the tops. And there I was at 36 years old, um, junior partner, big, big office, big, big watch, et cetera, sitting at the top of this company, you know, looking at potentially making an equity partner. But I looked behind me while in, just to be honest, I saw just this, this river of destruction. Um, not only how I was treating myself, I wasn't living my value systems. I was compromising on so many levels. I was the guy who thought, ye who turns the light off last wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, all sorts of disruptive behaviors. I mean, if, if there's a box of 100 things not to do as a human being, I was checking like 95 of them at the time. <laughs> <laughs> So at, at, at 36 or 37, it looked like on the externally that I had it all, but internally I was honestly dying and I was dying a slow, painful death. So I woke up and said, enough's enough. And I uh, went on this personal, emotional, spiritual, and mental journey just to be the man, really rediscover who Tommy Breedlove is as a human being and who I wanted to live and remind myself of my value systems. And so for the past six years, I've been on that journey. And the most amazing thing happened to me at that financial firm. I went from working 80, 90 hours a week down to 30. Um, I, I became, I started treating people a lot differently through all the skills I was learning from leadership to balance, to mindfulness, to just being better than I was yesterday. I went from being one of the most disliked people at the firm to one of the most beloved. I went from principal, which is a junior partner, to international practice leader, to senior partner, to the elected me, to the board of directors at 39. And I was doing it in all of the right ways, not the wrong ways. Um, But something, a calling happened to me at that age. I knew when I had made the board of directors that I need to get out there and serve other executive men or entrepreneurial humans who are ambitious, who love business, who want to be better in their lives, but who are compromising. And it could be something as small as, hey, I'm not going to show up to my kid's ball game tonight because I got this big deadline to do. You know, I, I want to serve those human beings who feel unfulfilled, lack meaning, who are starting to compromise. And that can be something very small, but it can end up in some disastrous things. I actually had a, a, a large disaster happen to a young man I mentored many, many moons ago in the past two weeks. And it was just a reminder that I want to work with people who really want to be better in all facets of their life, 
and who will be better and who will do the work. And you can you can be the human you want to be without compromising um, your financial future or or all that. And I, I kind of take a holistic approach to serving those who want to be served, for lack of a better word, Wally. Yeah, I completely agree with that last statement for sure. I mean, that's not, I'll take it a little bit further. Not only will you not compromise your financial future, you will most likely improve your financial future because in my personal experience, once I made the decision that I was living a life of abundance and decided to start paying it forward, so much more started coming into my life, not just financially, but uh, personally, professionally, and all of that equates eventually to financially. And, you know, we don't we, we don't talk about money a whole lot on Men of Abundance, but I do say that money is it's not important to live a life of abundance. It is important, though. I don't ever want to say that money is not like Aaron. I've had several conversations with Aaron, and he always says the same thing. You know, we don't want to give the idea that money is not important because it is. But it's not what you need to live a life of abundance, and you don't need it to pay it forward and to help other people out like you are. In fact, there's a statement uh, that I read earlier that says you're bridging the gap between humanity and profit. Uh, Profitable and profitability. profitability, That's (laughs) it. I'm tongue tied this morning. Yeah. I mean, and (laughs) I just love that statement because it really brings it all together. I'm always talking about adding value to other people. And when you can add value to other people, then you're going to ultimately add value to your life as well. You figured it out, brother. And, you know, money is a tool. Um, In this society, right, wrong, or indifferent, we have to have it to live. But so many people seek outside of themselves. They seek things or titles or prestige and all of that usually around in the Western society is all around money. And I, I'm with you and Aaron. Money is important, but it will not bring you happiness. I lived it. I had it. And I was absolutely miserable. And most of the most of the entrepreneurs or individuals that I mentor or even or, or even the businesses, I mean, they always start with money as the goal, but it never, ever brings them happiness. It never brings them fulfillment. It has to come from somewhere else. It will never – and there's, there's statistics and books that come from MIT to Stanford about the more money you make, the more pressures, and, and it, it's just – it's never going to be enough, right? We chase this thing called perfectionism and more, more, more. But until we start looking at ourselves and seeking true fulfillment from who we are and serving ourselves first and then others, the, all the other stuff just will come. And so I, I'm in a complete agreement with you 100% on that, Wally. I've lived it, and that's why I do what I do now. Yeah, and I love it. Absolutely love it. So along the way, you, you touched on a couple um, – potential kick in the gut moments. I mean, certainly from your childhood. And then you touched on one recently with one of your mentors within the last couple of weeks or mentees, uh, somebody you mentored within the last couple of weeks, a uh, uh, kick in the gut moment for sure. And we highlight this, we bring up this kick in the gut moment here because it's important for men to realize that while all of our experiences aren't exactly the same, they are similar and we all get kicked in the gut. I'm talking those ones that just take you to your knees and you feel mm-hmm. you're like you're not going to recover. You can't even gasp your last breath of air, but it all ends up being okay. And what you do with that experience is what makes you the abundant leader that you are or that you want to be. So if you would share one of those kick in the gut moments and really make us feel that. Yeah, I'll share the one that just happened. Um, So there was a young man um, that I recruited out of the University of Georgia when I was in the financial world. Um, He came from humble beginnings as well. He was actually from the neighborhood next to mine in South Atlanta. So not many people from that from that type from that that neighborhood. You really have three choices. You usually go to a trade school, military, or jail. 
And so he, he and I were two of the ones that were able to get out of that and really, you know, further our education and become something different. Uh, and, and we were pushed, fortunately, by our family. So I, I was really attached to him and was a mentor to him for about four or five years um, as he worked in a firm. And he eventually left and went to, to, to some other firms. But we kept in touch over the years, but we had lost touch over the past three years. And I had just gotten home from a business trip recently, and my phone was just blowing up, um, texting calls from people I haven't talked to in a long, long time. And I knew I was having this, oh, my God moment. I don't, I don't even know if I want to answer this. And the first person I called was just bawling. And she said that Stephen, and this, this gentleman is 33 years old. He had just made senior manager at one of the largest firms here in Atlanta. Um, so financially, he was doing good. Um, he had a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and he decided to call his wife and shoot himself while he was on the voicemail with his wife, and he took his own life. Mm-hmm. And so it was just, uh, I mean, even right now, I'm getting a little emotional thinking about it, but he didn't have to do that. It was, and I can't imagine, we put so much pressure on ourselves, and we, we I just, I, I can't even, yeah, it's, it's shaking me up a little bit, but it's a kick in the gut moment. Um, I'm very grateful to have known that young man in my life, and he had so much going for him. He was funny, good looking, but he had lost hope or lost, um, you know, we run through all these insecurities of our life of not good enough or never going to be good enough, or what if these people really see me for who I am? And um, he was clearly dealing with something that I don't even understand. Um, but it, 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 it's tragic, but a reminder of why I do what I do now. And if, if, if I can influence one human being to really look within and to become better than they were yesterday, not lose, not lose hope, know there's a different way, a balanced way, an abundant way, and a way that you can truly be yourself and, and live the life that you want to live. It's why I do what I do, but it was a harsh reminder of, and, and to be honest with you, Wally, I've been there. When I was 36, I brushed over it, but I didn't pick the gun to my head. And I know that's, this is sounds, I'm, I'm probably going way too deep. So forgive me, no, you're good. but I was doing, I was doing everything but that. Um, I was, you know, constantly compromising my dignity, compromising my values, not being the man I wanted to do. I was, if there's, I was checking the boxes on all the vices and it was just an unconscious way of not believing in myself, no matter what outside success or prestige I had, I was just completely unhappy inside and was always trying to seek outside of myself and not really. So I was that young man. And I can't tell you how many people who look successful on the outside, it starts small of compromising their, their happiness and their value systems. And it can lead to a severe thing like this. And it doesn't have to be that way. So it was a severe kick in the gut within the last two weeks. Yeah, listen, guys. I mean, first off, Tommy, seriously, thanks for sharing that. That's very tough to share, and I've been in those situations before. Um, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show before, but my grandfather uh, committed suicide. He had a hunting accident, had gangrene. That's the story that I know because I didn't meet him. Uh, and ended up taking his life because of the pain. He couldn't handle the pain and the and what was it what it was doing to his family as well. And then his son, my uncle, my mom's brother. 
uh, he committed suicide as well. His situation was he was in the 101st Airborne Division during Vietnam and served multiple back-to-back missions for other people who had families who would volunteer to take their missions. Came back to went back to Phoenix and just couldn't handle everything that was going on. There was no such thing, as far as I know, as PTSD or you know primary stress. They don't, some folks don't like to call it a disorder because it really isn't in my mind. And and I'm bringing this up, guys, because um, it's 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 and I can tell multiple stories since then of childhood friends and and um, military buddies of mine. I've lost many friends to suicide, family members over the years. And I used to have the mentality that how could somebody be so weak and chicken shit? to take Mm -hmm. their own life and to leave so many amazing people behind. But guys, listen to me right now. It's not about that. You don't know what's going on in their head. Sometimes it's going to happen. There's going to be no clues whatsoever, and you're going to feel guilty for it. You're going to think, what could I have done? Um, And even if you do see the the signs and stuff and you try to do something – you know, you just try to get them the professional help that you can. And I'm, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm on a soapbox right now, but this is such a touchy subject for me. And I hear the comments out there sometimes, and you just can't be further from the truth. You just don't know what's going on in their head. And it is an illness. There are some serious issues going on in the mind. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. All right, so let's pick this up a little bit, brother. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, man. No, it's it's an it's an important conversation to have, and it and I just it touches me so closely. But we're gonna lift this up a little bit. I would love to hear some good news stories from what it is that you're doing uh, with the guys that you're working with. Absolutely, and so now um, my primary focus first is going to be public speaking. But when I work with, I, I work with about ninety percent men, and it's usually some sort of executive coaching, leadership development, or even personal mentoring. And it's about living a balanced, holistic approach to life. And so I, I take a three prong approach. Is um, the first thing I do is really figure out what they want to stand for. And I call it achieving meaning. Aaron Walker calls it uh, building significance. But it really is about standing for something greater than yourself. And what is your highest truth as a human being, as a man, or what other label we want to put on it? So we really take a deep dive to figure out you know, who they are, not just the labels that we put on ourselves, but who they truly are way down deep. And then once we figure out what they want to stand for, what legacy they want to leave, or what a meaning they want to achieve – we, we, we basically reverse engineer that and we go even further into that as what are their God-given talents? What were they put here on this earth to do? Really get them concentrating on that at their highest value systems and build systems, tools, strategies, lives, accountability, and tactics to do those things, surround themselves with tools and people to help them accomplish that, whether professionally or personally. And then ultimately, and you said it best, Wally, and I, I don't, I'm not a fan of talking about money either because I think it's the result of doing the right things. And I also think it's a tool. But ultimately, when we get them there, the most amazing things happen from an abundance standpoint to a financial standpoint to a happiness standpoint to a truly standing for something bigger. Um the abundance and the monetary success, it's just incredible. I, I wish I could touch people and show that, just touch them and let them see how this actually happens. If you change your beliefs, you change your actions, and you actually invest in yourself and work on yourself, the most amazing things can happen from leadership abilities to who's surrounding yourself to things that just appear in your life. It's, it's, it's just fascinating. And so that's what I do. 
And I only not only do it, and this is this is very serious. I not only do it because I love doing it, and it's 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 more than a calling for me. It's who I am. I, I believe it's what I was put on this earth to do. Um, but also, it's a journey, Wally. I still struggle. I mean, I really do. I mean, I have these moments of, oh, shit, or I have these moments of, am I good enough? Or what if they see the true Tommy or fear and scared? And I do still have moments of envy and judgment and all this stew of stuff that we're constantly surrounded by in our media and our news and us as human beings. I still struggle with that. So not only do I invest in myself and I'm constantly sharpening the pencil on who I am and from readings to mentors to masterminds to accountability coaches to trainings that I constantly do for myself, but it's all about being better than I was yesterday, putting the pants on, not being, not caring what other people think and, and the whole fraternity slash locker room slash, you know, not really not not losing my manhood, but becoming the man I was truly meant to be and being a mentor and a beacon for others to follow. So I do it just as much for me as I do for them. And this, and this is stuff, as we talked about earlier, not to go back deep, but it's, it's you know, it can be life or death depending on the situations that you're occurring in your life. Wow. Yeah. Everything you said was sounding like I was sitting here talking to myself. <laughs> that's right man. <laughs> i know it would be man i'm telling you because you're in with the same circles and i'm telling you guys you you hear this stuff over and over and over again and once you hear it enough times it's going to sink into your head and then what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to get a hold of somebody like tommy or myself or any of the other many men out there and there's some women doing this too many women as well but let's focus with the men that are helping you be the man that you need to be in life. And let me tell you something right now, guys. It's not going to be comfortable. It's going no. to be extremely uncomfortable. They're going to put you. They're going to ask you uncomfortable questions. I know Aaron does. I know you would. I know uh, Scott Beebe. These guys are going to ask you some very uncomfortable questions, just like I will. They're going to make you think, and they're going to get you out of your comfort zone and uh, and get you to where you want to be. So, everything you just said, I completely resonate with, and it's all true from my personal experience as well. Yeah, we're going to make you look in the mirror, and that's the hardest place to look sometimes. And yeah. we're going to make you look not only what you see in the mirror, but what other people see, and also what you see down at your soul level. So it's it's a it's a tough process. It's an important process. It's um, it's a lot of work. There is no magic pill. It doesn't mm. exist. And it's just one of those. Pro- and it's a lifelong process. But it I'm it is. Once it doesn't feel like work to you, it just becomes your norm and you put these systems, tools, accountability partners in place and and have these coaches. It just becomes this amazing, fun journey. And it's never too late to start. I had a mentor tell me one time, you know, Tommy, you spent 36 years walking through the woods to this point of your of your of your life now you're going to turn around and walk back out and so now it's just going to take you know, it takes a lot of time and a lot of work but the most important investment you can make is investing in yourself because you can't serve others whether professionally or personally or love yourself or other or love others truly love them whether it's business or personal i know it's a little foo-foo until you love yourself and that's the thing as men, you know, we can't show that emotion. We can't ask for help. You know, we got to be roosters and peacocks and we got to, you know, we got we got to be the, the the brightest, smartest, toughest, winningest guy in the room and that will just lead ultimately to unfulfilled life and that that's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the th- the thing that I find difficult sometimes is reaching out to the guys who don't realize that 
they can have more in life and they're not looking for it because they don't realize that they can have more in life. They've been told so many times or their experiences have been telling them. Uh, have you put any effort into reaching out some of those to some of those individuals? And if so, how are you able to do that? I do. So in my former life, um, in my former life consisted of investment bankers, financial advisors, CPAs, accountants, lawyers, you know, that, that white collar, usually fairly successful financial guy. And they think because the club they belong to or the car they drive. Um, but what they, the way I've been successful is they don't really understand what, they don't really understand what, what has happened to me, but I can tell, you know, when we're in a group setting and I'm with all my former peers and, you know, partners in these firms and these big, powerful executive type guys, they like to tease and say, oh, Tommy's going to go out and live in the woods in a teepee and burn a candle. Well, none of that's true. I don't do any of that. <laughs> um, but but then when we get one on one, they're like, hey, man, I really like, you know, your attitude's different. You shine. You know, you light up a room. Um, people want to follow you. I just what do you got? What do you got? And that's when I know I have them. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a big believer, Wally, that the message is there if you want to hear it. Mm. And when you have enough, it will be enough. And when you're tired of compromising either your personal life or your family life, or it's just always about the next big deal or the next conquest or competition, 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 you're going to turn around, unfortunately, at, at 60 to 70, 80, 90, whenever your time comes. And it's, you can't take any of it with you. And what are all those people, especially the people that you care about the most? And let me be clear, the, if I, usually when we start this process, I ask people to list the 10 most important things in their lives. And this is true. Eight out of 10 times, they compromise the first four out of five. And money is usually like eight, nine, or 10, and it's usually their priority. So it's the most amazing thing that the things we care about the most are the things we compromise first. And if you're willing to stop that and find a better way without compromising your profession or your prestige, because we can keep all that. In fact, it will increase. And I can tangibly show you that in my own life, but it will increase. So it's the answer to your question is the message is there when they're ready to hear it. And it's enough and enough. And it has to come from a gut feeling, um, unfulfilled, unhappy, Compromise and compromises can come in, in very in very small forms, and they can come in, in in huge forms. And so, it's not it doesn't have to always be about power, control, and perfectionism. Because at the end of the day, all those are myths anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely for sure. So, Tommy, we're at the point of the show where we're going to pay it forward. You ready to do that? Let's do it, brother. I'm in. Excellent. So, share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today have to invest in yourself first, number one, number one. Um, and that can mean a lot of different things. You have to be able to do the work in, it's not just about investing yourself. There is no magic pill and you have to do the work. So number one, invest in yourself. And that could be as simple as, you know, buying some business books or inspiration books or self-help books. Um, cause the message is there for who wants to hear it. And everybody's got, got different things. Um, be very, very mindful and this is probably the biggest advice I can get. If you find yourself in a, and it's hard to, you have to be self-aware. So that first part of what I just said is about becoming more self-aware and understanding that, believe it or not, your thoughts become your actions, becomes your habits. So if your thoughts are of, 
envy, jealousy, judgment, negativity, criticism, tough guy, nonsense, you know, where the mask that we wear as men, if you find yourself criticizing or blaming or judging or judging, looking down on people, that's surely a sign that you're unfulfilled and unhappy because when you're judging others or you're in a place of envy, jealousy or criticism, or if you're always seeking outside of yourself, the next best thing, the next biggest car, the next biggest deal, I promise you there is no house or car that's ever going to fulfill you. So if you find yourself in that, um, you've got to be self-aware of that, but you've got to surround yourself with like-minded people. If, and, and, and that can be from a family level, from a mentor level, from a personnel level to a friendship level. You've got to be around people who are wanting to be better, who are transparent, honest, who really doesn't care what society thinks. They're just really putting on their pants every day and trying to be better than they were yesterday. So it, it's really important who you surround yourself with. Um, that would be number two. And number three, really work with someone um, from a mentor stand, standpoint, a coach standpoint, an accountability standpoint to help hold your feet to the fire, but also give you systems, tools, and guidance. And so really investing in yourself, taking the time to invest yourself, and spending a minimum of 30 minutes to an hour every day serving yourself first, trying to be better than you were yesterday so that you can go love and serve others in your communities, your families, and most importantly, your professional life. Or not most importantly, as important as your, as your professional life. So yeah, that would be well, my three tips. That was probably a lot of tips, but it's all encompassing. Oh, that was amazing and, and very deep. I really appreciate that. And the first one that you mentioned, when you, you mentioned something about um, when you're judging others, then chances are you're not where you want to be in life. I think of it like a bully. Bullies are bullies because they're being screwed with at home or they're they're not where they want to be in life type of thing. So, yeah, that's a new one to me, and I abs- you know, it makes perfect sense. I dig it. Yeah, ego, bullying, um, better than, look at me, um, vanity, those are all – all major forms of insecurity, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, self-aware humans and the true business professional and people who do this for a living see right through that stuff. All day long. All day All long. Day long. Yeah. So what daily habits make up the biggest impact in your life, Tommy? <clears throat> so um, one thing I actually have posted recently on the Choose Goodness website, if you go and sign in, it will give you my daily plan. Um, and it's, it's how I live my life, but some of the daily habits that I do every single day is I spend an hour working on myself. So, um, that looks in various forms. I, I exercise, I meditate and meditate means a lot of different things for me. It's exercising my brain. It's getting quiet. It's about becoming balanced and getting clear so that I can be present in every single moment of the day so I don't have to really think about the past or plan for the future or live or fear or regret. It's just about being right here, right now for the people I serve and for myself. So I, I meditate, I work out, and every day I do, I, I have a series of readings I do at any given time. I'm a constant reader. I have three books going, and usually it's a biography of somebody that I, I aspire to be. Um, there's usually a wisdom, inspiration, or self-help book in there, and also usually either a classic novel and or a business book. I kind of I go back and forth on those. 
So I read every day. I, um, I meditate every day. I work out. Um, and then, you know, honestly, my, my best daily habit is I surround myself with people I can lean on when I, when, you know, when, when I am not living to my highest truth. So those, those are some of the basic things I do, but there's a, there's a lot other about not compromising certain times and family time and who I surround myself with. So I have all that plan that I would be happy to give to people who w- really want to start it. Yeah, that's amazing. And it all sounds very, very familiar. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, certainly. It's basically the same thing, guys. There's always something that you, you have to have some sort of a routine, whatever that is. And I recently got out of my routine. I'm re- regrouping and getting back into a routine because of my lifestyle's changed a little bit. But you have to have that routine to stay on track. That's my personal experience anyway. So speaking of reading, what are you reading or listening to now that you would recommend to our abundant leaders and why? What I would recommend, um, there's certain books that I read two or three times a year. So what I would recommend, I, I can tell you what I'm reading now too. I'm actually reading <laughs> multiple books at the moment, but the books that seem to get the most resonation, um, from my friends, the people who are involved in my mastermind, both the one I'm on and the one I'm in, um, I would recommend the big leap by Gay Hendricks. It's a simple read. It's actually, it covers a lot of the stuff we talked about today. Um, and this is a very successful human being. And the other one is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Um, those two books uh, would just – they'll change your life if you if you really read it. And, and both of them are quite funny too. So it's not like you're reading this heavy um, stuff. What I'm reading right now is I've got three different books going. I, I study this book uh, throughout every year. So I'm – I'm actually rereading for about the 50th time, Think and Grow Rich, which is not just about financial abundance. It's just abundance as a human. I'm reading Play Bigger, which is a business book. Um, I'm a studier of business. I love all things business, and I still do a lot of business consulting. And the third one I'm reading right now is, uh, believe it or not, I'm in a book club with my mom. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who's almost 80 years old and you know it's a book club we do classic novels together and we've been reading some heavy heavy novels so we decided to lighten it up a little bit uh, so we're reading huckleberry finn together as well that's <laughs> nice, a good book that's a good one yeah absolutely yeah, that's awesome. yeah. I, I tell you what man we did to kill a mockingbird 1984 a brave new world i was like enough's enough i need some light in it. <laughs> what i dig about those older books is the dialect and it's just amazing to read through that and see the dialect and and you get a sense of what it was like at the, in those times. It's really interesting. Totally. And you know what's funny? It just reminded me. And and the biggest takeaway, if you really want it, is, is lighten up. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything is so serious. I mean, from the news we read to the media to the social media, we need to lighten up a little bit. Indeed. And, and have some fun. You know, I mean, not everything. I mean, how many spins around the sun do we truly have? And think about how quick it goes, you know, lighten up and have some fun. And so that's something I I actually have that written on my board next to me. (laughs) Lighten up. Actually, it says something different. I'll actually tell you what it says. It says lighten up and don't be an (laughs) a-hole. There you go. I love it. No, spot on, man. I love it. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Fear. Caring about fear if if you know the 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 emperor has no clothes if people saw who i truly am am i good enough what will other people think um do i have am i you know do i if i really showed who i truly am or who i truly wanted to be or if i chased that dream 
or I really wanted to become, will people really like me? Will my community accept me? Will my wife or significant other still love me? It's fear. And our society is big on promoting fear. And we're also big on condemning people who screw up. And let me just be clear, all organizations and all human beings screw up, both big and small. And so if I put it all out there and I want to, and I think once you get in a cycle of fear and the not good enoughs and you start making mistakes and self-criticizing and self-judging and, and hiding that, it really can cause a cycle of really not wanting to invest in yourself and to put all these different masks on that really aren't you. I think we, we all have to wear these label and masks. And so I think fear, insecurity, and the not good enoughs, and what will people really think if I put it out there, I think that really holds people back. Yeah, one little trick for you guys. Everybody you think is thinking something or other about you, good or bad, chances are they're not thinking about you at all, man. They got their own stuff to think about. Indeed. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Absolutely. And we all got our own demons, gatekeepers, clouds, mistakes, tragedies, triumphs. And and one thing I'll be willing to share, if it, and I'm not kidding on this, over 43-year lifetime, if there's a hundred things not to do, I've checked off 90 something of them. So know that you're not alone and know there is a way out and there is hope. And I, I really mean that from the bottom of my heart and I, and from all levels of personal and professional development, I've lived it. I'm not a psychologist. I'm a, I'm a former big business guy who just is, is wanting to be the best human he can be now. And how do we blend those two things together? Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Tommy? It means living my truth. It means not being afraid to be the man I want to be, to live in the present moment. And what I mean by living in the present moment is wherever I'm at, to be with that person, that company, or that other human being, or even with myself. That means not being afraid of the future or worrying about the future or constantly planning for the future, nor thinking about or regretting the past. It's about happiness. It's about living my highest truth to the best of I can. And it's about courage. It's about courage to put it out there, to do the work, to quit caring about what everybody else thinks and the fear-based mentality, live with abundance, not scarcity, and be courageous and take action in your life to be better than you were yesterday. Very awesome. Very awesome. So we're going to close this up, man. And before we do, I'm definitely going to have choosegoodnessnow.com linked up in the show notes. But what did we not talk about in our conversation today that you want to make sure that Men of Abundance gets from this? I don't. I think we've covered a lot. I don't think there's anything we didn't talk about. There is something that I enjoy. It's a very, very quick story, Wally, and I'll share it with you. Some of the best wisdom that ever came. I'm a big outdoor guy. I love to hike. I love to raft. I love just being outside in the fresh air. It, it helps me balance. But I was on this pretty extreme whitewater rafting uh, trip one time, and the guide looked at me square in the eye and goes, you have to participate in your own rescue. And what he meant is when you're going through a class five, turn around, look for the rope, scream, go for the shore if you can. But we can do all we can, but until you participate in your own rescue – there's not, you can't, you've got to save yourself. And so that has been a lifelong lesson for me is that you must participate in your rescue. There's no one that's going to come save you. If you've got to do the work, you've got to be willing to invest in yourself. And I promise you there is hope at the end of the tunnel. It's a lot of work, but you can do it. So participate in your own rescue. It's the, it's the wisdom of all ages that came from a rafting guide up in West Virginia. That's awesome. Outstanding. All right, man. I greatly appreciate the wisdom. You're right. We did cover a lot of ground uh, in this conversation today. 
I appreciate that. I dig what you're doing, man. I appreciate it. And I know you're going to just change so many lives, families, and communities uh, by what you do. And I appreciate it. Wally, thank you so much, brother. And be well, my friend. Aloha. All right, guys. I had an amazing time having that conversation with Tommy. And I'm glad I was able to share it with you. I hope you got as much out of it that I did because I did get a lot out of that conversation. And Tommy and I talked a little bit afterwards as well. And he helped shed some more light on some other things that I greatly appreciate that, Tommy. And guys, I want to close out the um, the little story that I shared at the very beginning of this episode and how in the world did uh, this gentleman end up plowing his his Volvo into the back of my Toyota pickup truck. Basically every other week he and his wife go to the next door neighbors over here and they drop their recycle in the recycle bin. So he pulled into my driveway to turn around to head back down to the other house when evidently his foot got stuck under one of the pedals or something and it just floored the gas pedal ultimately propelling his car up into my driveway and into the back of the truck. And luckily they were not injured. He was very shaken up as I said but uh, everybody was okay and I met some cool new people. And as you connect with me on social media, in the community, or even leaving a review on iTunes, whatever, I would love to hear your story of choosing goodness and living a life of abundance. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.